we invite you to come along. Now, this morning, I'm talking about faithfulness. This is what I felt the Lord laid on my heart to speak about today, the subject of faithfulness. Lord, I pray that you would speak through me. I'm just a vessel. And I pray, Lord, that you would cause your word to come alive and to find a place in our hearts as we share today. We say we love you. We love your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Did you bring your Bible with you? Show me, please. I want to just double check. Okay. Some of them are big. Some of them are small. Some of them are electronic. Who, who brings your electronic Bible to church? Really? Okay. A few of you. Cool. <laughs> now... Turn to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 7 so long, and just keep your finger there. We'll get there in a moment. Deuteronomy chapter 7. Now, as an introduction, speaking about faithfulness, I'd like to say the following, that faithfulness, loyalty, and honor. Hear those words. Faithfulness, loyalty, honor. These are values that I believe, it's fair to say, are sorely lacking in the world today. If you agree with me, just maybe raise a hand. Faithfulness, loyalty, honor. They seem to be kind of eroding away. But you know what? In God's book, they have never gone out of fashion. In God's mind, in God's heart, in the principles that He has established, those things remain. Those things are there. Those things are things that you and I should pursue in our lives. Faithfulness. That's what we're talking about today. Faithfulness. Loyalty. Honor. Now, let's remind ourselves of how God prizes these values. Number one of four aspects I want to touch on today. We are called to model God's faithfulness in our lives. Do you agree with that? Hello, do you agree with that? We are called to model God's faithfulness in our lives. Now, firstly, let's just remind ourselves for a moment about His faithfulness. Deuteronomy 7, look at verse 9. Just verse 9. It says, Therefore, know that the Lord your God, He is God, the faithful God. Don't you love those words? <laughs> he is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love Him and keep His commandments. Imagine if it hadn't been like that, that God was a faithful God. You couldn't dream of it being otherwise. We've come to know God as a faithful God. I'm telling you, I believe every single person in this auditorium could come up stage today and you could take a minute or two and you could tell of something of God's faithfulness. You've seen it. You've experienced it. I remember at a stage in my life, I specifically got up and I spoke in front of a group of people and you said, I said the following. I said, I know He is faithful because I have seen it 
I've experienced it. So nobody can tell me otherwise because I know He's a faithful God. And this is what it says. He is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant. Somebody say praise the Lord for His faithfulness. Now, Psalm 36 verse 5. Psalm 36 verse 5. It says there, Your mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens. And your, what's that word? Faithfulness. Reaches to the clouds. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Recently I was flying down to East London and back and we flew, as we were descending, we flew through big white puffy clouds. You know, it's kind of like when you see those clouds, you're in a dream world up there. Those big white puffy clouds, as far as I could see out of the one window, and as far as I could see out of the other window, big white puffy clouds. I don't know if you were like me, but as a kid, I used to think, wouldn't it be amazing to go and play in the clouds, you know, and take some cloud and throw it at the next person. And, but you know what? It's not like that. Uh, one of the pilots in our church, he says to me, you know what, John? I've got the office with the best view in the world. He sees those clouds all the time. Clouds are actually very far out of our human reach from a human perspective. And although you might say, well, clouds aren't that high, let me tell you, when David wrote the psalm, he was describing God's faithfulness as being massive. Because what, what could he compare the faithfulness of God to? Clouds were a very good thing. What does it speak of? The extent of his faithfulness. The extent of his faithfulness. You might be a person who at this point in your life hasn't shown much of the virtue of faithfulness. But you know what? As you grow in your relationship with the Lord, as God rubs off onto you more, I believe you can grow in this area of operating and living your life in a way that faithfulness is seen upon your life. One of the defining characteristics of our God is faithfulness. Now, because we are called to become more like Jesus, therefore we should strive to see more of God's faithfulness in our lives. So number one, we're called to model God's faithfulness in our lives. Number two, God calls us to faithfulness in marriage. God calls us to faithfulness in marriage. Please turn to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 3 to 7. Are you there yet? Joel, just help Leon find the place there, please. Are you there? Uh, uh, just checking. Okay. <laughs> 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 3 says, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality. This is what the Bible says to us. It says that, you should abstain from sexual immorality 
that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor. You see that word honor? When we talk about faithfulness, I believe honor is involved in faithfulness. Verse 5, not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one should take advantage of or defraud his brother in this matter because the Lord is the avenger of all such as we also forewarned you and testified. For God did not call us to uncleanness, but to holiness. You know, we live in a world where the television, media, movies, undoubtedly bombards us with a picture of being unfaithful. Am I right? You can... You can spend 20 minutes in front of a television and the chances are you will be encouraged in some way to do something that's not right in terms of being right before the Lord, in terms of holiness. And yet, it's not like we can just switch off all the, all the TVs and just cut out all the news. Uh, to me, this is a real world in which we're living in and God understood that. But he said, you know what, in this very real world that you're living in, with all these temptations, with all these threats, with all these things that want to break up a beautiful marriage, God says, my grace is sufficient for you. He says, walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. And so it's by God's grace that we can remain faithful. But still, sometimes I ask myself, where is the faithfulness? Where is the good old-fashioned honor? I remember seeing a movie once, an old cowboy movie, where the sheriff of the town had done something wrong. He had, he had done something which was crooked. And he was so cut to the heart because of doing this, he went and took his badge and he went to the mayor of this little city or whatever, the clerk, and he handed in his badge. He said, I can't serve anymore. I have brought dishonor on this office. <laughs> that sounds kind of old-fashioned. But you know what? Honor is still in fashion in God's book. Amen? Amen? Faithfulness is still in fashion. And it protects the beauty and the sanctity, the wonderful thing that God has designed for us in marriage. Yes, by God's grace, we can stand strong. One of the greatest gifts that myself and my brothers ever received from my parents was an example of honoring their marriage to each other. An example of being faithful to one another. That was one of the greatest gifts that they could have ever given us. And I honor my mom and my dad who went to be with the Lord many years ago. What a precious gift. You know what? I would love to be able to give that same gift to my children. I would love for, for my sons maybe one day to be able to stand up and minister the Word of God. I would love for them to be able to say, you know what? Dad respected mom. He honored mom. He was not unfaithful to her. He honored the covenant before God towards her. And I believe that that's the desire of many people here. How many of you really desire that? Raise a hand if that's you. 
to give on that gift of a faithful example. 2 Timothy 2 verse 13, I'll just read it. It says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. I can well believe, according to statistics, that a large number of individuals in this church would have messed up in this area. But you know what? I want to say to you today, there's grace for you in Jesus. And God is a God of a second chance. God is a God of new beginnings. God is a God of restoration. That's the way He is. And I think that many times we expect God to respond in a way that is very stern. But the Bible shows us the story of the woman that was caught in adultery. The religious leaders wanted to destroy her life right there. But Jesus, when she was brought before Jesus, Jesus did this wonderful thing. He said, let him who has no sin cast the first stone. All of these other men knew that in some way they were guilty. Jesus didn't have sin. He would have been entitled to pick up stones and to stone the lady. But he said this, he said, neither do I condemn you. And then he gave the instruction, go and sin no more. If faithfulness in terms of your marriage life, if you've blown it, you need to repent of it. You need to confess it. But you know what? After that, I believe you can hear the voice of the Lord saying, I do not condemn you. Go and sin no more. What did he do to that lady? He gave her a new beginning. He gave her a new beginning. Number two, God calls us to faithfulness in marriage. Number three of four that we're looking at today. God calls us to faithfulness in the workplace. Huh. God calls us to faithfulness in the workplace. Look at Colossians, please. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Please, I'd like to hear pages. Turn in there. Can I hear some pages, please? Great. Colossians 3 and verse 22 to 24. It says there, Colossians 3.22, it says, Servants, you could just as well say, Employees. Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh. Not with eye service, as men pleases, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. This is a passage of scripture that speaks right into being faithful at your place of work. But there's a particular word that struck me in that passage. I don't know if you picked it up as well. And it's the word, I service. <laughs> I service. What an unusual word. It's not one that you and I would ordinarily use. I service. Sounds like you're going to the optometrist or something like that. I service. Well, 
The verse says, not with eye service as men pleases, but in sincerity of heart. Now, what does eye service mean? I've written it here. It means that you act as if you're working hard when your boss or superior is looking, but actually you are jippoing. <laughs> jippoing is the Greek word <laughs> for being unproductive. So you act as if you're working hard. When your boss or superior or your superior, the person that you report to, your supervisor, when they look in, but actually you are schmuckling with their brain, if I can put it that way. Let me give you an example. You're busy at work on your computer. It's now quarter past eight in the morning already. Yeah, the day's been long, eh? Had your coffee, what shall I do now? You start carrying on, carrying on working and so on. Eventually it's 8.30, you say, ah. I've worked very hard this morning. Where's the games? <laughs> so you open up your Tetris, or you open up this game, or that game, and nobody knows that on your computer. No, no, no. You make sure the speakers are off, and you start to play. And you hear the boss coming down the passage. An amazing transformation takes place. Just when the boss comes down the passage, you manage to minimize your screen, pull up your, your program that you're working on, and look incredibly productive with this look on your face as if to say, I'm working hard. Nobody can relate to that here. Is it for the other church down the road? <laughs> Come on, we've been in that situation, haven't you? You minimize your game or you minimize the, the three-hour session you've just had on Facebook with all your buddies and you're so connected to the world. But, huh, there is, that is what you call eye service. But that's not faithfulness. And you know what? You might be getting away with it. You might be getting away with it, but it's not faithfulness. I had a, a cousin of mine who was in the army, and he started stealing tins of condensed milk from the army. He, he's as big as a house today, admittedly. But eventually, he had one of these whole steel cabinets entirely stacked up with tins of gold cross condensed milk. And he would suck away at the condensed milk. He would bring boxes home to the friends and all of this kind of thing. But you know what? That's not faithfulness. In terms of being productive, when you're at the office, the Bible actually speaks into that area. And the Bible says, don't do it as I service. We should always endeavor to work well. We should have a good attitude and work with a sincere heart. The Bible verse says, and whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord. Who are you working for? Yeah, you may have a boss, you may have a superior, but actually... We are serving God. Our lives are worship unto God. And sometimes when we, when we do this sort of thing of, of you know, playing the system and, and messing around, it's not good worship. It's not good worship. God wants us to live our lives in a way that there is faithfulness. In every aspect that there's faithfulness in our marriages. That there's faithfulness in how we apply ourselves at work.
I think of Brother Lawrence. Some of you have read the book, The Practice of the Presence of God. Brother Lawrence used to work in the kitchen of a monastery. And he was a humble cook in a monastery. But you know what? He was probably more connected with God than many of the people that he served in that monastery. And he learned how to do things heartily unto the Lord. And in his book, which I've read many times, he speaks about how we would prepare simple meals in the kitchen and how in even slicing the carrots, he would do it unto the Lord. And you know what? He would say, it would bring me great joy that I would be considered worthy to even do this task for the Lord. Wow. There is a man who is doing it heartily as unto the Lord. We should be motivated to do our best for God. You know, Michelangelo painted the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. He spent countless hours on his back, on high, high scaffolding, painting for endless, endless, countless hours. And he would put amazing detail into each figure that he would paint. And a friend of his came up to him and said, well, why do you go to such effort? Why do you spend so much time on painting the exact details into that figure when people are only going to see it from a distance? Who will know whether it's perfect or not? And Michelangelo, the artist, he replied and he said, I will. He understood something of faithfulness. He understood even though somebody might not see it all that close up, it's important that he is faithful in the work that he carries out and he's doing it unto God. He's doing this heartily as unto the Lord. Sometimes people don't see what you're busy with at work. Sometimes you're out on the road and uh, you're out pretty much determining your own time. Even there, God says, we need to model him by being faithful in the workplace. Some of you who are employers here today, you wish your staff were in this session, hey? So, <laughs> so they could hear this. So that's number three. God calls us to faithfulness in the workplace. And number four, faithfulness in small things results in promotion. Please turn to Matthew 25. Keep on Looking at it with me in your Bible, please. Matthew 25, verse 20 and 21. Matthew 25, 20 and 21. Now just to say that this, the context here is the parable of the talents. And to one was given five, another two, another one talent. The man with one talent just buried it and came and gave it back. The master was not happy. But the men with two and five talents, both of them doubled it. They were faithful. And now, this is what is said to them. So, in verse 20, So, he who received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, You delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents beside them. The Lord said to him, his Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Here's the principle. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. 
This is the principle. God has established this principle. Faithful in little, faithful over much. How many of you can say, I've seen this principle at work in my own life? Raise a hand if you can say, I've seen this principle at work. It means that God rewards those who are faithful in their current responsibilities by giving them greater opportunities. You know, I've heard of stories where guys began as like a window cleaner in a company or a janitor or doing some other, men- some other menial task. And because they did it well and they excelled, they got promoted when society pretty much dictated that they would just stay in that realm of the level, that, that position in the company. They got promoted as a result of their faithfulness and God gave them opportunities and brought them to new places. I tell you what, even if your job is the most boring job on the face of the earth, if you will be faithful in it, if you will be faithful to what God has entrusted to you, the principle in the universe that God has established will work for you. It's just something that God has established. God will give you opportunities, maybe take you elsewhere, promote you or do something, but the fact is, promotion comes from the Lord, the Bible says. And if you honor these principles of being faithful in little, God causes you to move forward. Listen to this, Proverbs 12. 24 confirms this. It says, the hand of the diligent will rule. Some people here today are leaders of high-level companies, successful dynamic firms, and it's because you know this principle. It's because when you were running your own little business, when you started out, you attended to things with diligence. You attended to things with excellence. And God says, as you do that, I bring you to a greater place. I bring you to a place where you begin to rule. This statement, listen to it. He who has the genuine principles of faithfulness within him will carefully attend to even the smallest things. And in developing this habit, will grow to handle far greater matters with fidelity and honor. I believe in this principle. You know, when I was um, early high school, I began to get involved with our worship team at the church. I began to do all the menial tasks. We had a system where the worship team, there was a system of lockers. And every musician would come and get their own cable and their own microphone and would set up things like that. You know what? After practice, I would neatly go and re-roll everybody's cable, pack away the mics so that they don't face each other and the magnets aren't next to each other so the mics last longer. I would be on holiday with my folks and they would be sitting upstairs maybe watching the TV. I'd be downstairs planning the layout. Where are we going to put the drums? Where are we going to put the percussion? Or should we move the flute from here to there? Or how I would think and dream and, and be faithful in these matters. And, and everything that I could do, I did it absolutely flat out to God. I was faithful in these things. And you know what? God began to give me opportunities. Within a couple of years... I began to get involved with worship leading. I began to lead the youth band in the church and get opportunity to lead worship in the church. But I can tell you, I really, I saw this principle working. 
I was diligent. I was faithful in these little things. Nobody knew that I was turning the microphones around so the magnets didn't face each other. Nobody really cared, probably. But I did it as unto the Lord. I actually enjoyed doing it. I wasn't moaning about it. I wasn't doing it with a long lip. But you know what? I believe that God has given me opportunity because of showing diligence in those small little things. You could be just responsible for a life group. Be faithful in that. You could be responsible to be at home and to look after your kids, help your kids with their homework. Be faithful in that. Whatever God has given you to do, be faithful in it. Luke 16.10 says, He who is faithful in what is least is also faithful in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is also unjust in much. We need to build this principle of faithfulness into our lives. We need to believe it, recognize it, acknowledge it, see the potential in it, and we need to decide, this is what I'm going to build into my life. It's a principle of great value. Now, where you sit in today, you may only have a few things in your hands right now. But be encouraged to be faithful in that because God will watch over His principle to perform it. God will watch over the opportunities of your life and bring you before kings and presidents. There's no stopping what a life yielded to God and a life lived by the principles of God. There's no stopping where God can take you. He has great things in store for you. And it's important that we embrace these principles and that we live according to them. To recap, number one, we are called to model God's faithfulness in our lives, to copy Him. Number two, faithfulness in marriage. This is what God calls us to, to be faithful in marriage. Number three, God calls us to faithfulness in the workplace. And number four, faithfulness in small things results in promotion. I want to conclude before we pray by saying the following. God values faithfulness. It's His DNA. And I believe that God wants to speak to the hearts of all of us here today, saying, like the Scripture says, be holy as I am holy. God says, I believe, be faithful. Display the value, the virtue of faithfulness because then you're looking like me. Please bow your head as we pray. Heavenly Father, firstly, we just want to honor you as our faithful King. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds, reaches to the heaven. You are our faithful God. Lord, forgive us for when we haven't walked like that. Forgive us, Lord, for where we've blown it, for being unfaithful, perhaps in many ways at many times. But now we just say to you, Lord, we just confess that to you and ask that you would give us a new beginning in terms of this. Lord, our heart's desire is to be like you. We choose faithfulness today. We choose faithfulness to our wives. 
We choose faithfulness to you, God, to faithfully serve you and worship you all the days of our lives. And Lord, I thank you also for the opportunities that you will bring our way as we endeavor to live in faithfulness and sincerity of heart before you. Now I speak out the blessing of the Lord on every person here. Say the Lord bless you. Would you receive that? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his smile upon you and give you peace. We pray this in Jesus' name. Would you say amen? Amen.